0: I'm Leslie, and I'm Tamara. and welcome to The Crimes We're Into. Hey, you there, you there, I see you over there. Does this mean it's shout out time? It is! Whoop, whoop. Who we got today? So we have Elise, we have Kathy, we have Maria, who is
1: our first Patreon! Whoop, whoop. We also have Nicole. Happy birthday. Also, happy birthday too. to April. She is
0: one of the hosts of the Cats Are All Grey in the Dark. I'm gonna play her promo after this. And if you did not hear your name shout out now, I promise by next episode we will give you that shout out. Okay, Tamara, so do you wanna take this like a psychopath
1: riddle type test? I don't know if I'm a psycho we cannot tell anybody.
0: I won't tell nobody. Except for everybody listening. Just for everybody that's <laughs> listening. Okay. So, a girl goes to her sister's funeral, runs into this guy, falls head over heels in love, doesn't get his name, doesn't get his number, but loses him during the funeral, and she goes home, kills her brother. What? Why does she kill her brother?
1: I know the answer, but if I say it, I'm a psycho, ain't it? Say it. Because she wants to see if she'd see him again? Yes!
0: (laughs) That's, and it's like supposedly if you get that, then you're a psycho, but I think it's just common sense. Yeah. But supposedly if that's what your answer is, then you're a psychopath.
1: No, that's just common, I mean. (laughs) It's not common sense to kill your brother, to meet a guy. But it's common sense how it leads up. (laughs) Yeah. But I just
0: thought that was crazy. I was like, oh, I've been wanting to tell you since yesterday. (laughs) But now we're going to hop into our story for today, okay? Okay. Do you like it weird? And dark. Listen to two redheads. Talk about true crime. Paranormal. And other dark subjects. On all cats are gray in the dark. Now on Stitcher, iTunes, Spotify, and more. Explicit language and trigger warnings. This is not for everyone. We talk hard. Okay, so let's recap kind of where we left off last week. So, we're doing part two now. Part two. All right, let's get this going. So, Sherry was a 17-year-old girl who was kidnapped at her mailbox by a overweight, unattractive male in his 20s. Fleshy, right? Fleshy. A fleshy white male. And he just kept calling and tormenting her family just because he was a butthole. So, now we're going to pick up a few days after Sherry's body was found. So, Saturday after they had the funeral. So, this is a week later? Or they had the funeral on the same day she was found? So, like the following. Okay. So, she was found. And then that following Saturday after they found her, they had her funeral. Even after the funeral, like you would think... This guy's gonna leave this poor family alone. Nope. No. He calls, and Sherry's aunt Beverly picks up the phone. The guy says, Can I speak to Don? Beverly tried to stall. And when she just kept like stalling, he was like, I'm gonna hang up. Like, I don't know exactly like what he said, but he just threatened to hang up. So she's like, Oh, 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 hold on, hold on. Here's Don and she hands Don the phone. Wait, tell me again. Don is the the sister. The sister. Okay. The sister. The older sister. Okay. So Don gets on the phone and he starts talking to Don. He tells Don that things got out of hand and he didn't want it to be this way. He just wanted to make love to Don. And Don said, "Who? What?" Yeah. The guy said he just wanted to make love to Don as in the sister who he was talking to. On the phone. And he then he goes, yeah, and then he's like, oh, oh, I'm sorry.
1: Sherry. I just wanted to make love to Sherry. So why is he telling the sister that? Because he's Correcting. a sick individual. Oh. Uh. And so he, like, corrects himself
0: and says Sherry. And then he goes on to say how Sherry died peacefully And that she was ready to become an angel. And you can hear her mom in the background saying, did she know she was going to be murdered? And he tells them, yes, it was actually her choice of how she was going to be murdered. What? Yeah, and I'm going to play that clip here.
1: Were gonna kill her. Yes, I did and I gave her the choice. <laughs> my god, how could you? Oh my gosh. So now they know how she died if he's telling the truth. I mean he did tell the truth on a
0: lot of things, but you'll see he kinda like still toys with
1: them. So it's like Well yeah, because he kinda brings Dawn into it. Uh-huh. So then And still calling. Uh-huh. So, now
0: Sled is worried that he's becoming obsessed with Dawn. Yeah. They look very similar. And on June 14th, exactly two weeks after Sherry was kidnapped, another girl vanishes in the same area. And so, they automatically assumed it was him? Yeah. So, Deborah Mae Helmick was nine years old. What? Yes. Oh, yeah. my gosh. Nine years old. She was playing outside and she was playing with her younger brother in the yard. Her dad was inside, probably watching TV. And a car drives up. A man talks to Debra. And two seconds later, grabs her in broad daylight. A neighbor saw. She ran, tried to stop him. But she couldn't. Like She's running. There's a car. Yeah. I mean, there's only so much you can do. So unlike Sherry's family, Debra's family never got the torturing phone calls. Never. So, the FBI was trying to get the kidnapper to call again. So, they had Don place a stuffed animal on Sherry's grave, and they wanted, like, all the newspaper, all the press to be out there to document this. Or the next day around midnight, he calls collect. Guess what name he uses? Sherry Faye Smith. Oh, my gosh. Yeah. So, he starts off and... <laughs> He, like he always does, you know, just, this isn't a hoax. goes on and says, you know, God wants you to join Sherry Faye Smith. It's a matter of time. Months, years, days. You can't always be protected. Holy cow. Yeah. Then he goes on and asks, he knows about Deborah Helmick. She says, no. He goes on and spells her name, says her age. And Don says, Richland County? And he says, uh-huh, and gives step-by-step directions again. And I'm going to play that clip. You can't be protected all the time. You know, uh,
1: God wants you to join Cherry Bay. It's just a matter of time. Have you heard about Deborah May Hambridge? Uh, no.
0: These 10-year-olds? MIC. Uh, Richmond County? Yeah. Uh-huh. Okay, listen carefully. Turn right. Cops went rushing again and they found Deborah's body
1: exactly where he said. And that's crazy to me that he's just gonna give away where they are. Mm-hmm. Wow. Yeah. yeah. And just like
0: Sherry, they were not able to determine her death either. Wow. So. How long did he have her? There wasn't really much information about
1: her. Just this other family.
0: Yeah. And I think there wasn't much information about Deborah because she was so young. Um, and they just kind of like, I mean, it was a big thing because she was missing and, and everything. But just kind of like that one girl that went missing here recently. Like, it was a huge thing. What well, was in Tennessee? No, the one in... I think Columbia or something. Playing. Oh, the six-year-old. The got off the bus was playing in the yard and then just went missing. Where yeah. it was like a big to-do. And then once they found her body, it was just kind of like, shroom, Done. you don't hear nothing. Yeah. I think it was kind of like that. Mm. Where it's like, it's a big thing. And then once they found her, it was just kind of like. A privacy. Yeah. So, I think that's why, like, I couldn't find out. I, I didn't see nothing about how long he had her. So, it was probably the same time frame. But I mean I I just I really have no clue. But so basically at this point, like the kidnapper was like taking extreme measures to like cover up all his tracks. Like he was like, I ain't getting caught. Which at this point, not he's, to say
1: he's doing he's doing good, decent. but he's He do- knows what he's doing. He
0: knows what he's doing. So about af- about a month after Sherry's abduction, they still have little to go on but the letter. So at this point, FBI, they have, I don't even know how to pronounce this thing. It's electrostatic thingy mabob. I don't have like what it's actually called, <laughs> but it's called an ESDA. That's what they call it. Okay. But basically, you know, thingy mabob. It's a thingy mabob. You've probably done something similar, just I know I personally have. Like, if you write something down, there's, like, an impression, and then you can use a pencil, and you can, like, write over and see what it says. They used a scientific machine. That does that. That does that. So, whenever they ran that note that Sherry wrote through, they were able to find a few impressions, what looked to be like a grocery list, and a number, and a name. So, the number was... 205 13 something eight, and it was an Alabama number. So they went through and they like did all the choices. I mean, it's only like, well, I like just 10 if you do zero to like figure out what this number was. They traced the number back to an older couple. This guy was an older man who was an electrician, and cops were like, okay. He fits the electrician part of our profile, but he's way older than what we think he should be. So, and they're like, he does live in the Lexington area, which is somewhat where we're thinking this guy
1: is. So, the so co- an Alabama man with the Alabama number is in Lexington. It's the Alabama number. Right. Calling a Lexington
0: number. Oh, okay. And the guy's a electrician. Okay. So, they're talking to this couple, and they're like, you don't fit our profile. This number kind of comes in play. We're just going to question you. And so, they're like, we have this number that we found on this piece of paper. How do you know this number? This number's called y'all. How do you know this number? And they're like, oh, that's my son's number. He lives in Alabama. I think it was like on some type of Army, Ma- Navy, something base. Like, he's military, some type of military base. And so, they're like, this is our son. You know, we wrote down the numbers, blah, 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 blah. And then, they go on, and they're like, okay, well, we're looking for this guy who's kidnapped these two girls. Our profile determines that he's, you know, mid-2030s. He's fat. He's ugly. And and fleshy, which means fat. So, the couple, like, look at each other, and they're like, Larry, Gene, Bell. Like, we have your guy. The couple said they were out of town for the last six weeks. They were just on vacation. They were visiting their son, and they left, like, the number on the pad, and they're like, This guy is who was house-sitting for us. Larry Bell was house-sitting for us. So they're like, he's intelligent. Check. He's overweight. Check. Unattractive. Possibly. I mean, I guess it depends (laughs) on who's looking at him. They're like, he lives in the area. He is polite and shy. He does have, you know, just like everything. They said that he would be divorced, which he was. You know, just... Everything He check the box fit like every single one of the profile things fit. And then how he knew is when it comes to the last check of he would be good with electronics. he worked with Ellis, the old man so He's El- electronics electronics Ele- yeah electri-
1: electrician uh-huh So
0: the couple said that he picked them up from the airport when they got back from their vacation. And all he could talk about was this case that was going on. They're like, yeah, this is kind of weird, but, you know, heck, I mean, I guess at this time, you know, like, what else is there to talk about? It's a big thing. Cops played one of the recordings of the voice, and they're both like, yes, that is him. That is him. So, Ellis. So, he didn't even disguise his voice? I mean, he did. He just, like, muffled it. But it was still to the point where it's like, yeah. If you
1: know one. Yeah.
0: Like, if I did this, she would know it was me. <laughs> it's a robot, of camera. <laughs> but, yeah.
1: Well, I'm trying <laughs> to disguise my voice.
0: <laughs> so, Ellis tells the cops, they're like, Larry's going to be back at work tomorrow morning at 7.30. Cops are like, okay, we'll bust him then. So on June twenty-sixth at 719, Larry Bell was arrested and took into custody. Since they didn't have much evidence, they just needed him to convince. Because like what How else are you supposed to go off of? Yeah, like what true, like hardcore evidence did they have? And South Carolina, we're a death penalty state. So it's like they needed all the things. Cause if not Least he was getting would be to be added to the sex offender list. But they wanted, like, all the things. They wanted him to go down. So, FBI was just letting him talk. And they just wanted him... They, like, wanted him to, like, confess. So, as they were talking, he would say, Bad Larry would do something like that.
1: But good Larry. Good Larry wouldn't. Um, that's the <laughs> same person. Whether you bipolar, Larry, or you not bipolar? Uh-huh. That's weird. Uh-huh. So Larry Bell's trial began in January 1986, and Larry oh, six months, seven months later. So he was in was he in jail until yeah, from June until January. Mm-hmm. Okay.
0: Larry Bell never took the stand while he was on trial. Never took the stand. But he would make crazy statements from the table claiming to be Jesus Christ and everything, so it took like no time for the jury to be like, Yeah, he's That's guilty, him. he's crazy. Like, no, so he was charged with two counts of first degree murder and he was sentenced to death. Well, at this time, I guess we had the two options do you want to die by the lethal injection? Or the electric chair. Guess what he chose? The electric chair? Yes. He's like... Shock me. Strap me to the chair because the chair's made out of wood and Jesus was hung on the cross, which was made out of wood. Okay, so he's sitting in the chair. Uh Uh-huh. So during the 10 years that he was on death row, he was loud, just get on everybody's nerves. I heard... (laughs) And I don't know how true this is. I heard that he was getting his, his poo and just rubbing it on the walls. Oh. Trying to, like, convince everybody that he was, like, crazy so they wouldn't have to, like... Be sold with him? No, so he wouldn't, like, be electrocuted. Like, I think he was still trying to, like, trying to appeal. Well, during the ten years where he's, like, they're waiting, you know, to make sure, like, yes, he is the one that killed before they just kill... Maybe an innocent man. Like, he was trying to make his stuff out like he was crazy. Getting on everybody's nerves. Rubbing poo all over the walls. Just acting a fool. Well, on October 4th, 1996, he was electrocuted. And that day, he did not say a single thing. No last words. Not a peep. Not a hoop. Not a holler. Like, nothing. Larry's past was not so clean. According to reports, he sexually abused a relative as a teenager. Then, on February 21st, 1975, a girl named Dale was 19. She was walking into a store when a guy drives up, tries to start talking to her, and says, Hey, do you want to go to Charlotte and party? When she said no, he put a knife to her stomach. Oh, my gosh. Yeah. She started screaming, and at this point, or the store called 911. So, they caught up with Larry, and she identified, yeah, this guy is the guy who tried to kidnap me, held me at a knife point. I do want to say gunpoint. Knife point just sounds weird. He pled guilty, got five years probation, and had to check himself into a mental hospital. And was there three months. Wow. Yeah. Then on October nineteen seventy-five, he was convicted of another attack and arrested, served twenty-one months, which should have got
1: South Carolina. Yeah.
0: Which should have got him 30 to 40 years. Wow. He only served 21 months. Yep. Then he is considered to be a suspect in a nineteen eighty-four disappearance of a girl named Sadie is a girlfriend of one of his co-workers who's just missing. Nobody's seen her. More likely, she's dead. It's crazy to me that he
1: would have meant to two of them. I don't know. So, what did you think of the story? That is crazy. Our ding-dong of the day or week or whatever you want to call it. You ready for it? Mm-hmm. So, since we brought up Alabama, we got a ding-dong of Alabama today. Now, this is a 24 year old April Tail Teal from Alabama. She was recorded literally grinding her butt <laughs> into the crotch of a cop while he was attempting to handcuff her. Classy, right? She was like... So, wait, 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 wait. I'm not done. I'm not done. I'm not done. Okay? So, she was arrested on a misdemeanor for disorderly conduct and harassment charges. Well,
0: now, apparently the cop she, didn't like the bumping and grinding.
1: She was at Waffle House, you know, because <laughs> after a um, Alabama... University of Tennessee football game. She was downtown, Tuscaloosa. You know, roll tide to stay classy, (laughs) by the way. Bama fan, but, you know, she's a college student (laughs) intoxicated after a big game. So, it has gone viral that she was pinned up against the window as a police officer tried to handcuff her. She then begins... (laughs) to press her butt into the cop's groin while saying, oh, yeah, you like that? You like that?
0: <laughs> yeah. yeah, cop, do you like it? Do you like
1: it? I mean, that, <laughs> that just cracks me up. What a ding-dong to think. Oh, yeah, she's getting arrested. I mean, she's not going to get arrested after grinding on a cop. Let's well, she was just trying to get away. It's not like, I mean, she had her boobies so <laughs> flushed
0: and she was getting the ticket can't <laughs>
1: Hey, officer, I'm so sorry. It was like, oh, (laughs) let me back it up on you. You like that? You
0: like (laughs) that?
1: Yeah. (laughs) We'll post that video too.
0: Follow us on our Facebook page at TCWI Podcast or hit us up on our Gmail at The Crimes Are Into. Donate to our Patreon at the crimes are Into podcast. Also, leave a review and we'll give you a shout out during next week's episode.